Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Um, beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, so that that is really good. Nice hear each other right. yeah yeah um so that's always an interesting thing about pompano is that you know it is kind of like you know, that's kind of why we moved the studio here too is you know i mean it's more of a studio than a gallery and we the most of the people that come in are not like the people that you saw like come in you know that doesn't happen all the time because it's not really like a on foot place here, you know. It's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. we don't so we don't get like a, like a, walk, a lot of walk up traffic in the parking lot, as you probably experience is not the easiest to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the people that are coming here are like specifically coming to see me. Like they have like an appointment, or they're like you know they'll talk about custom work. Cause we do mostly custom work here, and uh, so that's you know Pompano is like ground zero for like our customer base from that regard because you know. Everybody fishes. Everyone's got a yeah. boat. You know, that yeah, kind it's of local. Thing. Yeah, and it's local. Yeah, so it's easy work, to get. To. Works a lot better than Coral Springs did. <laughs> Even though who people, wants to go west? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like people would come out to see us when we were there, like all the time, and I was surprised. I was shocked. I yeah. thought, like, oh, no one's going to come out here and see me. I'm just going to have like all the time in the world to get work done. And uh, people we, came out we went all out the there time. Once. <laughs> yeah, once, right? Yeah. But you, you came though. Yeah. So, so it's like, so like people will come out and what I found was like they drove all the way out there and they wanted to get their money's worth. You know, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to just like drop this thing off and then leave. Like I drove all the way out here. I'm going to like hang out with Dennis for a little bit and talk. Yeah. And I was, I ended up like having like great conversations and all this stuff. So that's one of the reasons why we started the podcast. Uh-oh. You know, so I was like, Oh, it's, I'm having people come out and tell you, we might as well record it. Cause I started having like great conversations, all these like legend fishermen and stuff. So yeah, that's cool. We rolling. Now you got these two legends on today. I do. Oh. Well, thank and you. And I'm honored. You know, <laughs> all right. That's a lot to live up to. <laughs> um, you know, in light of that, I'm going to officially welcome you guys to the Connected by Water podcast, fueled by our very good friends at Papa's PLR Rum, who remind you never to be a spectator. I'm your host, Dennis Friel, and we are coming to you from the Connected by Water studio gallery in scenic and sunny, Pompano Beach, Florida. Carlene joins us here behind the bar. We're Mm-hmm. Yay! Golf clap. Woo. Very happy to see you. 
Uh, we are a Waypoint hosted podcast. You can find us there or also watch, listen, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to hit that like button. And please, we would love to hear from you in the comments or by email at sales at connectedbywater.com. Very special thanks for our special support from our pals over at Finor Sunglasses and Olakai. And before we get started, I'm going to mention our do-gooder. Our Starbright do-gooder is Nelena Haskell up there in the Indian River area. And this week's do-gooder is actually a mother and a daughter team. Nelena and her daughter assisted our friend and Starbright's conservation director, Corey Redwine, in planting some mangroves a couple of weeks ago. And for that, she becomes a certified Starbright do-gooder. So, Nelena, congratulations. You win the bucket of fun. Provided by Starbright, which has the boat wash, the riggy sponge, and all kinds of um, goodies, the fuel treatment, and you know the salt off and all that. So, congratulations, Elena. Good job. Good job. Good job. So, I have a very special guest in front of me today. The good friends Barney Heath, Travis Suit, and you know I want to just say, Travis, when we started this show. I always kind of had, like, we never wanted to be just a fishing show. Like, we would connect it by water. We would, like, encompass all things, being on the water, water sports, paddleboarding included, you know, kayaking. We just had Adam Fisk on where we featured him as a kayak fisherman, catching huge black marlin on there. So we want to really kind of cast a wider net than just, like, kite fishing out of Pompano, even though we're Pompano proud and all that. Um, So from the very beginning of the show, I always did have it in the back of my mind. Like, man, I'd love to have Travis on one day because it really kind of exemplifies all that that we, that we just discussed. But so much more, uh, you really are a special person um, in all that you do. And we're definitely going to get into all that today. Barney, same with you. I mean, always wanted to have you on the show. And we talked about this one like six, yeah. eight months ago. Like, Barney, you just got to come in the show. And you're like, I don't know, <laughs> what am I going to do on this show? I'm like, dude, come on. You have great conversations. I mean, that, yeah. that's all it needs to be. And when you started training um, for what we're about to discuss, I started seeing some stars align to get this particular episode going. And when we saw each other at the uh, Summer Splash, what's your party called? That you have Splash Bash? Splash Bash. Back to school Splash Bash, Where where I was the slide king. Yes, you were, right? (laughs) You were great. You had those kids going. Travis Travis looks like he needs an explanation here. All right, so listen. So she throws this party every year, Carlene does, at her house. And it's called Splash Bass. And it's gone awful hot outside. Like it's in the, horrible. In the of, I have no shade. Horribly no, hot. Like no, sun, no shade, yeah, no nothing. Immersively hot. She's got this big, huge kitty slide, like water slide. 25 like, high by 72 feet yeah. long. Right. Oh, yeah. It was wow. a big one. Yeah. Big boy. <laughs> so to get my son to go on it, because he doesn't really know any of the other kids there, and he's kind of antisocial to begin with, right? He's like, Dad, you got to come with me. So it's like, all right, fine. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of this staircase on this slide. And they already did. I already tell this story on the show. I probably already did. So she's looking at me like she's told this story a hundred million times. I'm just tired of hearing it. Anyway, I'm just pulling up the pictures of this slide okay. king. So I'm like in the middle of this. There's all these like 50 kids on the slide. It was like so. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm gonna have an Adam Sandler moment with this. So I start like talking trash to all these kids, and I'm like, I rule this thing. I am the best at sliding on this thing. None of you guys can slide as good as I can. And they're like, no, no, no. They're all like arguing with me. So I'm like, in fact, 
I am the Slide King, right? And then that's how the Slide King became legend. <laughs> yes. So much to a point where when once I was done, this little girl walks up to me and kind of tugs me on and the says, shirt. Did you kick my little brother for pushing him <laughs> off the slide? Is that, is that what you said? Did you push my brother down the no, slide? No, that's not what she said. That's, she goes, yeah. she goes, excuse me, Mr. Slide King. <laughs> I'm like, yes, dear. She goes, um... Can, can you go talk to my dad and ask him if, if he would go on the slide like you went on the slide with all of us, right? And I go, Aww. you know what? I know. I was like, oh, right? And I said, tell you what. Why don't you do this? Go over to your dad. Give him a big hug and a kiss, right? And just be like, daddy, I love you so much. Will you go on the slide with me? She exhales and takes a long, hard look like deep into my eyes. And she goes, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. And you just go talk to him. <laughs> I go, no, honey, I'm not going to talk to your dad. <laughs> but it's all good. So anyway, I was oh. just like, what the hell was I going with that? The Slide King. Anyway, so, oh, th- so we were talking at the Splash yeah. Bash, right? Yes. And I said, let's do this episode, right? So that's when I texted you. You reached out and we got it going. So yeah. here we are. So Boom. Travis Suit. Travis, we've known each other, not well, but we've known each other for like a long time, right? Goes back to your tropically impaired days and all that, right? Um, but years ago, you started this organization called Piper's Angels, right? Um, it's for your daughter right and for you know best way i can explain that and why don't you explain the rest of that to me yeah well thank you so much for having us here this is awesome this is fun i love the studio i love i love the whole experience so far (laughs) it's awesome so (laughs) if anybody ever gets a chance um it's a lot of fun already so um yeah you know um when piper was a little girl she was always sick and it was just like recurring and the doctors would say it's just kid crud you know it's you know um it's just a a sinus infection whatever you know we'll give her some antibiotics and it'll kick it and but it would come back and it would come back heavier and heavier and so you know that was from the time she was an infant right up until she was four years old and when she was four she got pneumonia and they did a chest x-ray and, you know, they could see the fluid in her lungs. And they said, you know, something's, something is not right. You know, we need to get to the bottom of it. So we need to start doing more testing. And um, it wasn't, you know, a couple weeks later um, when we found out. And, uh, you know, her mom called me. I was on my way to work at the time. And, you know, she said the doctor called Piper, tested positive for cystic fibrosis. And... Uh, and I was like, are you sure, you know, this like, and then she's like, no, they tested her twice and it's, you know, conclusive. And, you know, our family did not know what cystic fibrosis was. I was, was just going to ask, time. I mean, even at that point, when you hear that, do you really even just the gravity, like, you, no. do you even know it, what it is? You know? It was like here, it was like hearing something totally foreign and, and still, you know, I, I could feel that, you know, in that moment, I could feel that like overwhelming sense of like, you know, when the, when the blood rushes out of your face and mm-hmm. you just feel that the, the weight of, of something drop. And, um, you know, of course in that moment I was, I was angry and I was emotional and I was really upset kind of just in general. And, um, and it kind of is like, um, it's, it's like your whole reality kind of implodes with a diagnosis like that because, everything then changes from it's like instantaneous right it's like one in one phone call when i get to talk to any type of youth groups i'm always like look you know the you know the opportunity is to really appreciate your life and be grateful for what it is right now because life can change in one phone call 100 percent. that's it 
Yeah. And and you don't know when that's coming. So, you know, and uh and that's what it was and it was really um it was really overwhelming. Um and Piper was a little girl and it's like for any parents they know it's like when you have a little a little child it's like they're so precious, they're so sweet and they are so innocent. You know to have that have that diagnosis it was really heartbreaking and um and it was a challenge kind of working through it because it's like well if you google cystic fibrosis you know the the back then especially it's improved a lot in the last you know 10 years but you know there's a lot of really scary results you find online really you know about what the disease leads to and what happens to the body and and what the person goes through and so it's kind of like well not only is this a diagnosis but this is an uncurable chronic situation that's progressive which meaning it's only going to get worse and for people who don't know and and it's taken me even after a decade of of being a, a cf parent and in the cf community and it's it's so challenging to understand but the simplest way i can explain it is that it's a genetic disease so it has to come from both parents right mm-hmm. and that means that if if i'm a carrier and my partner's a carrier that child has a 25% chance right so it's like rolling the dice like one out of four is going to have cf two out of four are going to be carriers of the gene maybe not know it and then one is not going to have any cf genes so you know it's a it's a it's a luck of the draw thing and and over generations of a family it can kind of go hidden and then all of a sudden it can kind of coalesce and come back together and there's an intersection where those genes meet again and boom you have a child with cf and on a biological level what's happening is the body has a defective protein and so it's creating an overproduction of mucus inside the body so there's little gating systems in our cells that allow the sodium chloride literally the salt water that runs through our body is controlled by these little mechanisms and that defective protein is the root cause of what is the functionality of those little gating systems like the like a pinball machine mm-hmm. those little toggles and so the body knows okay release more fluid you know you get a cold what does your body do it sends more fluid and mucus to the area to you know help get that out and flush yeah. it out defense mechanism a defense right? mechanism yeah. right and, yeah. and your immune system is built off of in every organ in the body uses mucus but in somebody with cf especially in the digestive system in the lungs essentially if you think about like leaving a hose on in the grass or putting too much oil in a car it's like well a car needs to run on oil but if you put too much oil into a system you know it smokes a lot and it creates problems right same thing in the body so in the in the the digestive system that creates compaction issues it creates problems digesting your food because the enzymes aren't capable of breaking down the food um and then in the lungs you know we all went through a pandemic together right you know respiratory disease the the how simple it is to breathe a bad bug in right Mm -hmm. whether it's a virus a fungus or a bacteria if you have an open airway with these very sensitive soft soft tissue organs and they're covered in mucus on the inside when something goes in and it sticks right Mm -hmm. it's like a it's like a warm wet moist environment it's like a petri dish Mm -hmm. it's the perfect place for a bacteria to colonize and once a bacteria colonizes inside the lung tissue it's like having termites in the wood in the wall of your house there is nothing you're going to do you can try 
but there's nothing you're going to do to ever really get it out. You can clear it out. You can do a lot to try to, but that essentially causes this recurring lung infection, right? Over and over and over. You're constantly taking antibiotics and steroids to combat it, which is suppressing your immune system, which is the thing that you're trying to maintain. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a vicious cycle. And up until the last decade, that vicious cycle was, was really taking people with cystic fibrosis, you know, from, you know, their infancy through their teenage years into their early twenties. And and most of their life expectancies weren't going beyond their twenties and thirties. And then they would need a lung transplant. Um, now the issue has shifted and this is kind of, I'll land the plane there. God, when but, you but hear it's, that it's, for the first time, that's gotta, like, we're all parents here. You know what I mean? We all have daughters. I mean, mm -hmm. dude, that's a heavy load. It's a heavy load. You know, and you know, that's that's absolutely a heavy load. I I don't really know what you've done with this organization. I know I'm jumping right there, but what what you've done with this organization is nothing short of phenomenal from a parental standpoint. Kudos to you. Absolutely. I know you're not in it for that, right? but I just I just want to say that, like first and foremost, I just want to say that. I feel like I'm going to be an absolute puddle by the end of this, this, this episode. But seriously, I mean, it's tough when you start talking about yeah, this stuff. Yeah, good job. So, it really is. Barney. I mean, you paddled this for the for the tenth anniversary, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. jump back and forth between the two of you guys today. Um, and you trained heavily for this, and, and you went through the whole, um, you know, paddling from Bimini to here, and we will get to how that started. Um. When you're going through this process, I mean, how much is the cause like on your mind, like during this whole effort and this whole process of, of um, going through it? At, at first it was, um, it was, I, I didn't understand what it was all about, you know, and I, I just got into it, you know, from a friend who just said, come paddle with me, you know, I'm, I'm training for this crossing, you know, it's mm -hmm. to, you know, it's, it's to raise money for cystic fibrosis through the Piper's Angels Foundation. And I didn't, I had no clue what it was went paddling with him for one time and um before i knew it i was like you know this this feels great and um you know i've never done an endurance challenge i've never raised money for a big organization before um you know i'm i'm 52 let's let's get the ball rolling mm -hmm. you know let's yeah. let's get something done right here, you know we're, you know so uh, I, I started doing it and um doing all the training and uh it just I found out more about the organization and um, the the wild thing was, I think, was when you know I just put myself out there and and just started asking people, you know, for donations for it and let them know what I was doing. It was overwhelming to me how many people just stepped up and just started giving. I was like, "Are you serious?" I mean, yeah. it was just, I, I was blown away by it. You know, so it that fires you up even more. And it was like, you know, I got to call more people. I got I got to train harder. I'm just I'm doing this. This this is gonna happen. You know, so it was, um, you went know. from like paddling out back of your house to like 45 miles a day, didn't you? Like you were doing, <laughs> he's not just doing a paddle. Like he's training day in and day out for like how he, many, how many miles were you going a day? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, some days it was anywhere from, you know, six miles. It was, it was like when I did my first three miles, I was like, wow, that was, that was amazing. I just did three miles. Next thing you know, I did six miles. Uh, now I'm doing rotationals, you know, 12 miles and then two and a half hours in the morning and you know on the weekends let's uh 
let's get together and leave the house at five in the morning and we'll be back at nine and I just did 27 miles. It's like, <laughs> it's like this is blowing my mind, you know, and, but just talking to all these people about how to, how to do it properly, you know, the nutrition, the hydration, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And I was never, I, 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 I never expected that. I didn't know it was going to evolve, you know, in a mm-hmm. yet. and then going and doing the, uh, the get togethers, well, the, the, the training stuff up in, uh, uh, West Palm area, Hills, um, mainly up there with the uh the other crossers and uh just starting to meet them and casey i mean that girl she's she's just a she, she was amazing you know to get to meet her and you know just get to know more about the organization you know through you know all those people and i don't know it's 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 solid yeah, I, I signed up. I'm doing it again next year. Yeah, nice. nice. It, it takes, as as very... much as I want to say I'm going to do it, like I, like I know I'm completely out of it, shape. I just say it, you got to put a lot of time in. Yeah. And and luckily I was able to do that. My wife was, you know, okay with that. And, uh, you know, but you get, you got to put a lot into it. But uh, Nice. It, well, it, you got solid. the, you got the Burgey here for the 10th anniversary, right, which I was – I didn't realize it was 10 years, right? Yeah. And I remember, I remember when you did the first one, right? And – so and and again, I know I'm like jumping around, but I I wanted to bring some of the paddling in here in the, in the beginning of the show, just just so pe- people can kind of, you know, get the whole connected by water aspect to to the event and the organization and all that. So you got this news, like you're feeling like I got to do something, right? You Take didn't me have through. a choice but to do it. No, at but this no, point. but, this but is you're where like the warrior mode. Yeah, comes but you're on, like, yeah, you I got to do something, and you came up with this. You know what I mean? But take me through that process yeah it was it was um <clears throat> it was a very uh strange but kind of miraculous process in a way and, and um i just want to say in, in relationship to barney signing up you know it, it it does take a very special person to make that kind of commitment sure like i've seen it now over the years like hundreds of times where you know i'll be at at a restaurant or something and somebody's like what is it you know and it's like there's always a little twinkle yeah. In somebody's eye when they're like, huh, what did, what did you do? And they're like, uh, you know, and it, and it's so funny because sometimes that'll simmer for years. Yeah. And then four years later, somebody will call it. They're like, this is my year. This and is I'm like, year, yeah. all right, you know, like <laughs> we're ready for you. But so just, you know, I just want to recognize and, and acknowledge the, the courage and the commitment and the daring, you know, it takes to step up and make that commitment. And he didn't just get out there and kind of, sort of go for it right you know he he really committed in a big way with the training with the fundraising and and even the follow-through and and that to me is what's so beautiful about the opportunity of the crossing is because of the representation of advocacy that it creates because of the embodiment Mm -hmm. he you're looking at you know like i he did it you know It's, it's, it's incredible so um so thank you I really appreciate sitting here with you and having this opportunity, you know, and yeah, it's very awesome. special. This is very special. For yeah. Me. This isn't just your, your <laughs> everyday average, you know, give to an organization kind of thing. There is the effort. I mean, being friends with Barney, I saw the training that he went through. There were a few times where I'm like, Hey, can I paddle with you today? You know what I mean? It didn't work out. Right. He's like, well, I'm doing 40 miles today. I'm like, Maybe I'm not going to paddle with you today. Maybe I'll like pick not up like always. part of a leg of it, you know what I mean, or something like that. But yeah, but I was when I saw the that's my point is when I saw the intensity of of, of it all. I was like, man, this is really 
such a commitment and, and, it, it, and it's so admirable and Barney, that commitment really. is for the the paddlers of course but it is just as hard to me it's just as much of a commitment for the captains All the and crew. for the crew yeah. oh absolutely sure. to be on a boat idling for 15 hours across the gulf stream i would rather be in the water paddle yeah. you know yeah. so it's 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 a big commitment for sure yeah i had two of my best friends uh you know running the boat for us and my son and daughter on there and you know it's we were talking about it earlier about being seasick my son's just puking away at nighttime you know but he's out there and making sure every hour i got my food and mm-hmm. got my drinks and you know he was still right there you know and that that was special doing it with my kids having them seeing showing them this is you can do stuff like this for people that need your help you know and you just gotta I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. It's not. It wasn't a sacrifice. It was. It was just. You got to put your mind to it and just commit and do it. Mm-hmm. You know. And it was. It was good to have that organization there to do it. And and being connected by the water. I mean, that's. It was my calling because I am so comfortable there. It, at nighttime paddling and and people were like, oh, wasn't that scary? Something's going to get you. I'm like, I just. I feel at home. I feel absolutely natural and just in in it. I'm glad and, you brought that up because you know, I, I failed to mention like for context, I probably should have introduced you as you are a professional on the water. I mean, you're a professional boat captain. Like this is Captain make, Bobo's you, in the house. <laughs> captain Barnicky, Barnacle. <laughs> you know, um, so, I mean, I think that's important. It, I think to, to illustrate the point like this, you yeah. are home there. It you just, know. it made sense for me to be there and be able to do it. And cause that was, I don't know. I just, I just felt at home doing it, you know, and it was, yeah, uh, I was, I was connected to it, you know. Sure. So we're proud of you, Barney. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I watched the transition as well. So yeah, that's that's it's it's really outstanding stuff. I mean, and this is why we're here today, you know, yeah. because I want I wanted to put a spotlight. I mean, not only just on on you and on you, but everyone else that has paddled. You know, you're ten years here. You know what I mean? So you've had ten years of people doing this, um, and what sort of dent has this made in the battle in the fight yeah um you know one thing i've learned is that a small grassroots organization can have a huge impact in a rare disease community Mm -hmm. right i mean there's forty thousand people in the u.s affected by cystic fibrosis and there's new diagnosis and people are living longer now so that population grows and there's an estimated and an untold another 100 to 180,000 worldwide in a lot of countries. And, uh, and we can get into that later and kind of where we are in the, with Piper's Angels and the impact. But, you know, it, it's, it's had an impact on people on a personal level. It's had an impact on my family. It's had an impact on our community. And it's had an impact um, on other communities. It's had an impact in Bimini, you know, as, sure. as, a, as a big event coming in, a large recreational boating event and the revenue we bring there. It's had an impact on... Um, hundreds of families every year, like hundreds, like it kind of blows me away um, that, you know, when we started Piper's Angels, initially it was, okay, well, we know the salt water is good for people with cystic fibrosis. And, you know, it kind of loops back to that connection to the ocean, which you were asking kind of, well, what what happened after she was diagnosed, you know? Yep. We went to her first clinic appointment. And when you meet with a cystic fibrosis care team, it's a specialized hospital. Uh, it's a specialized <laughs> care center. So like on Piper's care team, you have you have the gastroenterologist, you have the pulmonologist, you have an RN, you have a social worker, 
um, you have a nurse, you have a team of people who are all there taking care of different aspects, a dietitian, um, because CF affects everything. And um, at her first clinic appointment, you know, this was a couple weeks after her diagnosis. And I mean, I was just, you know, I was in a very heavy, dark place. Like I really couldn't, I couldn't make sense of things. I was, it was, I had very clouded judgment. I felt very directionless. Um, and, but the one thing I really wanted to know was like, okay, she's a little girl. She's four years old. I know when I was a kid, I started playing t-ball at five, you know, sports became a huge part of my life. Like, so what, what can she do? What can we do as parents that's going to be outside of the hospital and the prescriptions and the therapies and all that, that, that will be able to help her, um, on her journey, you know? And, uh, I figured, okay, well, soccer, maybe swimming, you know, things that, help the respiratory system stay strong. And the respiratory therapist came in the room and I asked that question <clears throat> and she said, well, you know, anything to help their respiratory system stay strong, soccer, swimming. Uh, but interestingly enough, in the 1990s, there were uh, two cystic fibrosis people in Australia who were going to their doctors, their regular checkups, and the doctor was just blown away by their, you know, by their checkups because they were having less lung infections, less hospitalizations, a respiratory function on all their testing was higher. And he said, what are you guys doing different? You know, and these two particular, um, young men were surfing and they were surfing like three, four, five times a week. Love it. And the doctor mm -hmm. immediately was like, okay, there's a connection here. We know there's a connection between the ocean and people's health. People have been going to the ocean for thousands of years for the health benefits, but they actually took the time um, to put uh, in the research over a couple of years and a couple million dollars went into this study to determine that table salt, like sodium chloride, literally like being right here this close to the beach when you're standing outside, it's, it's aerosol in the air, mm -hmm. right? The salt air and being in the salt water for somebody with cystic fibrosis, that salt goes into their lungs, helps to break up that sticky mucus. So it provides, it hydrates the liner of the lungs and provides better airway clearance so that they can keep their lungs clear, which prevents the infections. So, I mean, you're talking about preventing the infections, preventing hospitalization, preventing the burden on the family from having to take off work, drive to the hospital and do all that. And I'm sitting there listening to her explain this. And I mean, like, you know, I, I get emotional even thinking about it because it was like the one thing, you know, like the you're talking about something out of totally like left field, right? Like, right. And we live in Florida, you know, I grew up on the water fishing with my dad and it was like, so you're telling me the, the best thing I can do is to take my daughter to like the beach, to take her out on the ocean, to take her in like, what a gift, right? And it was like, sure. it felt like such a miracle that the ocean was the answer, you know? And it was just, it was, um, it was such an uplifting thing to learn at a time that it felt so dense and heavy and uh and it was like that next week you know i was call, I called around and i found a friend with a recreational paddle board and you know i had her on the board and we went out and we started paddling and it was like okay you know we're out here for three hours today paddling around and some of my most fond memories of her were you know paddling with her as a little girl sitting on the front of the board you know, she'd pick up a stick and help me paddle. We'd see manatees and, you know, turtles and stingrays and, you know, the mullet run and like everything. It was just like, and, and it was a very early seed of light, mm -hmm. but in that darkness, 
you know, and the heaviness of that diagnosis and everything that was going on, it was like, I started to get, and it, it, it took me five years before I was fully there, but I started to get a sense of gratitude for what this was bringing into my life. And it was that I was sharing this special time with her, you know, and the quality of the time, knowing what she was up against, you know, the clock was ticking. And, and that, that sense of urgency, I think is what really drove me to need to know, well, what else can I do? You know, what's next? And, um, and it was a series of meetings and some of your listeners may be familiar and you guys might be familiar with a guy named Gary Ellis and Isla Murata. Mm-hmm. started a Redbone tournament series down there many, many years ago. He passed away um, recently. Um, but um, somebody told me, you got to go talk to this guy. And uh, it was the first first other person that I had met that was a CF family member. Um, and I was literally standing in line at a Cracker Barrel w- talking on the phone with a family member about cystic fibrosis. And Piper was with me. When I got to the cashier, the cashier said, uh, hey, were you talking about cystic fibrosis? And I said, yeah. She said, why? And I said, well, my daughter was just diagnosed. And she said, I have somebody you need to meet. His name's Gary Ellis. He's in Isla Mirada. I drove to Isla Mirada, met him at Lorelei's, and we sat down for lunch. And he said, you know, 25 years ago, my daughter was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And since then, through this tournament series that my wife and I created, we've raised over $25 million. Wow. And he said, so- wow. I don't know where he said, so what I, what I want you to know, you know, and this was a salty old fisherman, right? This right. guy was real salt of the earth. And, and he said, I, what I want you to know is that number one, you, there's hope. Number two, there's a community of people that are in your corner. And number three, you can do more than you realize you can do. And I left that day and it was like, he had opened my mind to a vision of like, I was just thinking about Piper. Sure. Right. And I was just thinking about like, God, what is this? You know, how are we going to manage this? And how is this going to work? And, you know, and he, he really expanded my perception so that I could see a future that was not only going to be beneficial and advantageous for her, but it was going to be empowering in a way where I could see how surrounding her with people who cared in a community of people who cared could in itself be worth it and healing. And, um, and that was what opened the vision to that first crossing in 2013 was that conversation with him. That's outstanding. You know, I don't know. Um, wow. Like I said in the beginning of the show, We've known each other for a long time, but not very well, right? So um, I remember there being a time with Tropically Impaired, the brand that you had. Uh, this is going back 15 years ago, something, right? So we went to an event. In Tiki Bash. Yeah, right. Yeah. That you guys had. I think it was in Jupiter, right? There was another, like the event you had like blocked off. Yeah. The streets in Jupiter, like near the Mar- Marlin Stadium yeah. or something like that. It was that. a block party. Yeah, a block party. And I just remember, like, you're up on stage, you're doing all this stuff, and it's just like, and I remember making the comment um, to Liz, to my wife, like, just going to be like, man, like, that dude's really got this these guys going, you know, like, like, and I instantly noticed you being just this alpha character that 
had the ability to lead people, right? Um, and that that's obviously evident in all the work that you do today. Um, it was evident to me back then. Um, and it's, it's just kind of like in your, in your DNA and, you know, and just, you know, getting to know you a little bit, you know, th through Aaron Wells and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is just a really good dude, you know, and you've always been this way. And, and I admire that about you. Obviously you're an incredible father. Um, and it's just really great stuff. You know, I don't know your background, um, in faith, um, or, or, or what your beliefs are or anything like that, but I can't help. But think that, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways in, in a lot of these situations because, you know, in the effect of what's going on through God touching you and your family with this, there is hope, right? And th there is the work that you're doing is great work and it's phenomenal stuff, right? And if I want to bring a silver lining to all this doesn't discount like what you're still having to go through obviously you know what i mean i don't, I don't want to belittle that by by saying that but um I'm, I'm trying to bring a picture of you coming into this situation the why the what the how you must have questioned it a million times right um but if there is a silver lining to it you know you are bringing to the table something of great value that not every parent that has received this diagnosis is bringing it's phenomenal stuff phenomenal stuff um thank you the organization that you have developed spawned from this initial crossing right take me through that day yeah um <clears throat> so the the that first crossing was in 2013 and it was you know i I knew it was like, okay, it was in my wheelhouse of, I, I got to, you know, I was always an endurance type of athlete and I was looking for something that would, would be a bigger challenge that from my event experience mm -hmm. that I, I knew like, okay, what's the point of this, right? Well, it's to create awareness. You know, you want people to know, I mean, that's the whole idea. And for me personally, related to Piper, you know, it was like, okay, I don't know how long I'm going to be around. None of us do. Right. But like this little girl, you know, and I remember that story with Gary and it was like, I wanted to do something big enough that she, even as a little girl, if she didn't consciously recognize it or understand it, she could feel that the idea was to put something out there in a big enough way that she would even if it was later in life, look back and say, okay, you know, you can define your life even with a disease like cystic fibrosis. The disease doesn't have to define your life. And what I was seeing when I was meeting a lot of other families with CF was like, they were so, they were so um, struck with, with the fear Mm -hmm. of 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 this with the worry the stress the anxiety that it literally like it either tore them apart as a family right or it or it paralyzed them wow. and it was like you, you can, can understand why i mean sure, it's, 100%. it's yeah it, it's there i don't but think there's anything wrong with that there's nothing wrong yeah, with but that I but it, it's saying. like i would that's what I was scared of. Yeah. yeah. Was Piper forgetting to live life? Forgetting to live her life yeah. in, just because of that, right? And it was like I don't, you know, I mean, thank you, Carly. 
You know, Bob Marley sure. was 37 years old when he died, but his his impact and what he created was was pretty amazing. And and it's like I think about that, and so that was really what we were going for, what I was going for. And you know, we created a lot of awareness. Um, you know, the whole story of the first crossing in itself was it was crazy because we decided to go in August. We were in Bimini. You know, we got a low pressure system that moved in. It was blowing like. 25 30 mile an hour gusts out of the southeast the coast guard on the first crossing yeah the coast guard called me on my wow. cell phone come on and you know we had two boats and just a small and it's just team. you at this point right? yeah myself and three other paddlers three, other, three paddlers. other guys okay. that have joined and you know the coast guard called and said um you know we're advising you not to do this we heard you're doing this we we're saying this is not a good okay. idea and i was like okay you know, I talked to but everybody. But you guys are going to hear but, me when I call, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, You're um, answer. We don't really have a choice. We're kind of committed to this at this point. And um, still to that day, that first crossing, was it was it was more kind of um, stressful as an undertaking right. than, than even now. So basically you're bigger. saying, so we went. And we went, and um, it was really rough, and it was it was, it was was really challenging. Was I mean, it at least following seas? Or? It was following, and it was like six to eight big <sighs> rollers. And I'm talking at night, you know, and you have to yeah. imagine two 34-foot ventures going through the waves like this at night in the middle of the Gulf Stream. And there were two paddlers behind each boat, and we'd go over, and, yeah. we, and one Nick's boat- Nick's just over there shaking his head, no, <laughs> one, no. One boat- I don't like, yeah, I don't like going like two miles off coast here and throwing kites up in that kind of slop. I yeah. mean, nonetheless, paddle through it. What? Yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was hairy, but you know, and it was like, you know, when the boat would get over the swell, the challenge was the board would come down the face of the swell behind oh, it faster the than yeah. the boat uh, would get up over the next one. So you'd pick up speed and the boat is trying to, they're idling in and out of gear. And, you know, when we started, like we would, we would run right into the back of the boat, right. And fly off. And it was like, it, it got really sketchy. You know, and it was like, okay, this is getting dangerous. And, you know, everybody was sick. Everybody was, you know, in really beat up, fatigued. I mean, these were guys who we had trained really hard. We were falling off the board hundreds of times. I mean, we were the one thing that I didn't anticipate. My dad, who is a firefighter and paramedic, said he called it. He said we were going to get hypothermic. And I was like, Dad, oh, yeah. it's the August. We're It's hot. We're paddling. We're not going to get hypothermic. Sure enough, we lost so much body heat from falling yeah. in the water and climbing back on the boards that we were just shivering and shaking. And it was just brutal. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I can't believe I got all these people into this. This was the worst idea I've ever had. Like, you know, and and when, by the time we got back, you know, it was like, oh, man, I was just like, it, you know, it was it we did it. But it was like. What was it was it traumatic. worth it? Right. Traumatic. Yeah, it yeah, was like, like almost traumatic. Yeah, PTSD from yeah, that. Yeah. And, um, Where and, did y'all make Lampel at? In just, Palm Beach, you know, you, so you that did get to Palm Beach. Yeah, okay. that year we were going to the Palm Beach Inlet, and uh, we paddled into the the Tiki Bar there in Riviera Beach. But it was just, um, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, right? Right. And it was hard. It was just much harder in so many ways, and and so it was kind of like, well, that was it. It was one and done, you know. Yeah. And but the the newspaper had coined and termed the group. Piper's Angels paddle from the Bahamas to Florida for cystic fibrosis. Interesting. So that was where the name originated. Divine Intervention once yeah. again, my friend. And it wasn't until years later that, um, you know, and this is for any of the entrepreneurs out there, you know, that 
Entrepreneur. That run. was the word I was trying to think of earlier. <laughs> yeah. Thank that, you for bringing up that word. There you go. You run into adversity, right? Which is like, I was trying to figure out, you know, I had an event production company. Mm -hmm. The events were going well. Sometimes I make money, sometimes I lose money, but things were going well. We launched Tropically Impaired. You know, we were selling merchandise in every state. But all of a sudden, I was at this like crossroads where like I was doing all of that. And I mean, you know, working two different jobs, like bartending at night. That's where I met Jimmy Buffett, right? Like yep. doing everything that I could. And, but it, I, I felt hollow. I was like, I could, I would see Piper day in and day out sick. And I, then I'm meeting these other families and these families are struggling. And it was like, it became very clear over that four year period between the first crossing and when we created Piper's Angels, it was like looking at, if you look at the business landscape of when like Uber entered the taxi world, Yeah. right? It was like, it totally just shifted things because there was a paradigm shift needed. Well, in the CF world, if you think about it, kids were dying at infancy in the 70s. That's really not that long ago. Yep. The, the gene was discovered in the late 80s. And now, you know, here we are a couple decades later and the kids went from living to be, you know, maybe five years old, right? And that's that's tragic for a family. But when when a, a child with a disease like CF passes away at five years old, you know, the emotional burden and trauma of that may live on. But the financial burden ends. The other burdens, the challenges of managing managing a child's life with a chronic illness stop there, mm -hmm. right? But when that child lives to be 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 and now they're being hospitalized more now their kidneys yeah. and their liver are you know are getting hit from all the antibiotics and steroids their bone degradation they're having all these challenges now they're facing a lung transplant at 30 it's like you know the the question becomes like what's the cost of buying more time and we know that's the game that the big big medical and pharma world oh, plays. Oh man, yeah. I mean, right? It's, it's like that's, that's a rough it, that's a rough topic it, it for sure because it's cuz it's yeah, it's hard. It pays yeah. off, you know, in in the yep. long run, right? So it's like that but for a family managing that, it's very very difficult. Yeah, it's and not so, a trillion it's not a trillion dollar industry cuz no one's buying it. That's right. for sure. And so it was like that started to become very clear like, oh, that's that's the issue here. These kids are these people are living longer, but then there's this kind of in the success of people living longer with this disease, there's this vacancy of support. Like where's the support for the families now that the kids gone beyond five. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was where it was like, it kept pressing on me and pressing to the point where I was like, I was having, you know, emotional breakdowns. I was, I had a business mentor at the time and I was, I was really, torn up inside about what to do. I had investors in my businesses. My dad had invested in one of the companies. You know, I, I had a lot of relationships and people that I was accountable to. And it and I finally got to a place where one of the gentlemen who was kind of a business mentor at the time, I just went and sat in his office and I just cried. And I said, dude, I, I don't know what to do. Like mm -hmm. I got my businesses. I've been I've been running after these other dreams and doing this stuff, but like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm can't, I can't not see what I'm seeing. And, and he said, you know, Travis, and I didn't know this about him. He said when his daughter got sick, he had to, you know, he had to take a break from his business. He had to go just be with her. And he said, you know, the only thing I can tell you is you're not going to regret the time that you spend focusing on her. 
and you're not going to regret the time focusing on on what you feel your heart really needs right now. And it was like, man, those were the keys to freedom. It was such a license at that moment because I had to quit everything. You know, I had to let tropically impaired go. I had to let my businesses go. I had to tell my dad I was, you know, going a different direction. And, and that was really hard because it was like having to rebuild and start dreaming again, but dreaming with a broken heart, right? It's like, okay, you're dreaming a whole new reality. And it took me four years for that to really like transmute through, you know? And it was like, okay, I got to leave that old world behind and figure something else out and figure out how am I going to apply my skills to something that I think can be more impactful. And, and that's where the first crossing led into this idea. Well, if we create Piper's angels foundation, we're going to need a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. And when we did the first crossing, I remember thinking this is really almost insanely painful to do solo, right? But it's possible, but it might be more relevant and, and interesting for people to do as a relay team. And that was when in 2017, when we created Piper's angels, we, we relaunched the crossing and opened it up to the public and said, well, let's see who signs up. That's got to be, dude, I mean, to say that's got to be so hard is an understatement. I mean, dude, I'm having a tough time keeping it together over here because, I mean. It's not regretting the time that you take with your daughter. Yeah. That's what got him. And it's, you're talking like, business owner to business owner kind of thing too and that that in itself is hard enough and to raise family through that and you know but just, just compound that to what you're dealing with I can't even imagine it. I'm sorry I really am you know and we're here to support it you know and uh you know I don't I don't understand um how someone who's a parent and a father cannot look at what you're going through as as just I admire you so much, Travis. I really do. Um, God, sorry. Um, I I really want to just um just just kind of take a minute to to just say to people out there who, who might be listening at the moment um, that just you know, just take a look in your children's eyes and ask what you would do and realize what Travis is doing and realize what the community that has surrounded um, Piper's Angels and the people that are doing the crossing and what they're doing and admire that effort and respect it because it is admirable and it is a respectful venture and this is not just some organization that's just raising awareness. I know you said that earlier, but you're doing much more than that. You're giving hope to families. And you are giving hope to the kids. And, you know, and like you said, you're changing the game. Like, cystic fibrosis messed with the wrong dude. And I clearly see that. So, um... This is great. So I, I want I want to switch over to Barney here for a second. Um, you know, when you're training for this, right? And and you know, I I, I got to switch off this for a second just so I can freaking talk. You know what I mean? Uh, when you're training for this, 
and you're you're you've done it for like a year, right? And it comes the day, right? You're not facing six to eight foot seas, right? Uh, no, we didn't. Thankfully, <laughs> we, we changed it. Changed it to June. We said we'd never do it again in August. Uh, we were we were we were pretty fortunate uh, when we left uh, back in June, and um, it was it was a little rocky, you know, that evening. Um, there's there's so much going. On. You know, we're there for three days. There's a lot going on. There's uh, you know, parties. Uh, there's uh, connect. Uh, there's um, uh, beach cleanups yeah. uh, we're doing uh, with four oceans uh, I mean there's so many people involved there's just people everywhere and you know the, the whole island is just buzzing you know with all the stuff uh, leading up to this and you know it was, it was my first year so you know but uh, the the rose ceremony you know the day before that was that was super moving I mean take going, me through that going out I'm not familiar with the rose ceremony but uh, what do you guys do um we well, it's not like the bats are. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. no it, it's just uh, we, we all got together and um, we we got. Ro- Can you explain the rose ceremony a little better? I mean, you know, we all paddle out with roses okay. that morning, um, but I need your explanation of it. I mean, it's a traditional paddle out ceremony, like okay. in the in the Hawaiian Tahitian yeah. sense. Okay, um, right. Yeah, right. and I, I think the the important aspect of it is it's the one time we all come together before the crossing, before we leave, it's that day. Um, but we really try to bring the container together in and treat it like a ceremony, you know, with the kind of that sacred aspect, you know, so that people really can bring whatever they need to into it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in whatever way is special to them in that moment. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a, a list of people that had passed um, from cystic fibrosis, and, um, and I didn't have anybody in, in my family like that, but I had just lost my sister, and I put her name on there, you know, so it it meant a lot. Right, It yeah. really touched base. And, um, but like he says, it, it did, it brought everyone together before the big, you know, shove off that evening, you know, so, but... Um, yeah, we, we, we had that, and you ch- you try to get some rest, and then you show up at, like, 10 o'clock at night because we're all supposed to leave at midnight, and mm-hmm. everybody gets down there, and you're just you're, – you're fired up. You know, you think you've you've rested enough, and, uh, you know, Travis starts talking, and he starts pumping everybody up. So, you know, fireworks are going off, and people are launching from the beaches. And um, it wasn't until 1 o'clock in the morning that we finally left the beach, my group. Okay. So – and then it just – it was it was all rocky and uh you know i couldn't spend much time on my my feet because i kept falling i'm like what am i doing what is going on here right. I, was, I was like this is not what i trained for yeah <laughs> I, I can't even stand how am i gonna, how right. am i gonna go 80 miles and i can't even stand so it was like uh you know let's get on my knees for a little while collapse the paddle and uh you know start paddling on and you know but, uh, i don't know you, and you start going through some crazy emotions you see all these boats you see just these twinkling lights and all you just like oh my god there's like you know there's 200 people 180 people i think or something around there 200 that many people paddling uh i believe so yeah um we had somewhere around close to 200 it was 182 off the beach 182 yeah wow we, yeah, yeah. We, barney was 144 wow oh 
That's right, I was. <laughs> she's she's very thoughtful, isn't she? I was on the shore when he came in. I know I killer photos of you coming. You did. By the way, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of that too, I just want to interject. I mean, does the hammer at the end have to be so darn heavy? I got, oh, I got dude, photos that of Barney too, man. That Dawn. hammer He's sent like, me to the ground. Oh, I got video. What was that? A sledgehammer? <laughs> it's like it was awesome. <laughs> Moana ain't got shit. I was <laughs> like, just paddled eighty miles, and I gotta pick I, this thing up. <laughs> I was like, my boy, I was like spent. But they won't let you not bring it either because they gave it to what the gentleman that you paddled with. What was his name? Oh, uh, Wolf. Wolf. So Wolf, he's like, here, Wolf. And then they're like, nope, you got to do it too. And he's like, Fuck. Yeah, that was intense. The training just for that in its own, man. The paddle alone, though, I mean, you go, you go through so much. I mean, I think like around three, four in the morning, I started getting heat stroke. And I don't know. I mean, it was just, it started getting hot and stagnant. And it was, it's just crazy stuff going through your head. Yeah. You know, I bet. It, it's like, and, it, it, and your that, leg, that, that legs portion, getting rubbery. I mean, oh yeah, they're cramping. Your yeah. arms are cramping, and you just keep trying to eat every hour, and 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 just keep putting the fluids into you, and yeah, trying to stay cool. Then when you can't get to the boat, your son's gonna jump overboard and swim your food out to you. Yeah, is that what he did at one point? I <laughs> really? think I saw that. <laughs> I don't know. I was just. I, 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 I think I seen video. Like Owen jumped so, out. Didn't so one he, didn't thing he? we did do, we did some live streaming. Uh, we had a little Starlink uh, yeah. going on the boat, so we did live feeds on Facebook, and people saw some stuff, and they were saying you weren't making much sense out there. And I was like, really? probably not. <laughs> wow. You know, I don't know where my my brain was going, and I would just go off on these tangents, and it was just like, just just stuff coming out of my brain just so I could just keep paddling. It was just like, just keep paddling, dude. Just That's keep it. paddling, you know? Wow. And uh, next thing you know, 15 and a half hours later, you're r- arriving on the beach. How good How good did that feel when, when you <sighs> saw the, the landing spot? I was, it, it seemed like it was never going to, it was never getting there. Yeah. I was like, what are you, it's right there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like three hours away. You did you guys have here. a landing spot on the original paddle or just like, I'm going to make it to Florida? <laughs> no, yeah. We were just trying to hit Palm Beach Inlet, but we weren't sure that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was kind of like, we weren't sure, we, we weren't sure if we we're going to end up in Fort Pierce. You know, how far would the Gulf Stream take us right. north? Like, it was just, we thought it was going to take 22 hours, but because of that storm, we blew across right 15 here. and a half. And yeah. It's really, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's ringing oh, bells. There's the bells. Yeah. <laughs> there's Barney right there coming in. Nice. Oh, look at that. I coming feel, up oh, the beach. Feels oh, so the emotions. Good. You just start, right? You just start crying like. Yeah, that that is. You survived. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It was insane. How good did that sand feel on your toes when you... <laughs> uh, I was just... my I just wanted to fall over. You know, I, I grabbed my partner. I was like, let's go. We, we got to run. We got to get through there, and then it's over. Yeah. Then it's done. And it's neat because everyone's ringing bells. So my, I have a 15-month-old, rings that bell every morning. It's like breakfast, the, the paper <laughs> yeah. bell. So that's like now turned into my 15-month-old, like, you know, food bell. I'm hungry. Mom, I'm hungry. Oh. It's actually when you can hear the cowbells. It's pretty amazing. On the water because the, it travels pretty far over water. When you hear the cowbells, you know you're really there. 
because you can't yeah. see the pier. Like you're saying, that last couple miles is so frustrating because oh. you're asking the captain, like, are we? Are you sure we're going in the right direction? No, we're heading south. Yeah, you know, you like, can't but it's tell. over there. Right. He's yeah. like, just follow me. Yeah. I promise you, you're going to be, but it's there. He's like, but if you don't go south, yeah. you're never going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The dead, the dead reckoning is real. Oh, oh, solid. You know, when, when you're only paddling, you know, three, four um, miles an hour, that's it. You know, yeah. at that point, I don't even know if we we're even going that fast. Yeah. <laughs> It's a crucible. I mean, it, you know, the, somebody brought this up to me at one point. They sent me an article about these types of events. And uh, the psychologists call it scheduled suffering. Because, Interesting. Yeah, because it's like humans do it out of a human behavioral thing because they want, right. they need to feel, they want to feel alive, right? Yeah. And it's like you brought up the faith thing earlier, you know, and I've had several people it from you know different backgrounds and faiths but they're like you know when i was out there you know that was the the closest i felt to god mm -hmm. in a long time because i was really having a real conversation you know there was a real i was i was praying hard and it was and i i was and it it wasn't just about the paddle it was about what was coming up you know and i think just as people we you know we hold a lot in and so when you get in that situation where you're just humbled by the vastness of it all and you're like this little speck in the middle of the ocean yeah. and you know you're like wow you know it's so insignificant almost in that sense mm -hmm. and in that big blue desert um it really is it grounds you it's a lot of places your mind can go yeah to, which is yeah. wild and things that just kind of come up that you never thought would be on your mind as you're paddling across the gulf stream yeah you know, and it it, it does it feels really good yeah how many times just, did, you, did did you get visions of <laughs> like am i at a grateful dead concert yeah. <laughs> well, that's like almost like a trip if you think about it you got the lights on the water you can't tell where the horizon i is. spoke you to god the, man yeah, like peyote <laughs> sitting under the tree in yellowstone what, 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 what yeah. is that cloud i'm looking at i mean it's, it's like the bioluminescence nope. in yeah. the water can oh, be really yeah, that trippy. must have been cool huh yeah it can be really we didn't have it on the, on on our where we were but uh, i've heard about it too you know and then we had some people you know had the uh little hammerheads swimming around them you know yeah that was, that there was, was a, one that was a girl that one. i saw on social media that she yeah. had a video of it just like tailing right behind her you know, yeah i saw that yeah, too that's right right there it was like sketchy was pretty, i mean just checking it out luckily yeah, her it, and her husband it. are our mentors like trained mentors in the crossing so they were super they were calm. real they handled it perfectly so thank goodness because that was a it was a, a real viral moment over half a over half a billion just television views not over including the, around social the world media. So crazy. Was, that, about that yeah it was really insane um the number like hundreds and hundreds of online articles um and uh, the be the benefit of that was we had so many CF families reach out afterwards that were like, we didn't know about your organization. We didn't know about your event. Wow. I was like, See? thank that hammerhead. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fins up, exactly. Jimmy. Fins, Fins up, up, baby. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, it's funny. You bring up the whole, like, uh, what, what, what are the psychologist's term? Scheduled suffering. Scheduled suffering. Like, and it's. It's all like a self-sacrifice kind it's of like thing. It's like doing right? a podcast with Dennis every Monday night. <laughs> Bazinga. There she is. Man. When she strikes, it's oh, like lightning. It's about. Oh, she's holding back. There's plenty she can feed <laughs> on me or dump on me right now that we're not going to talk about. Fins up or fins down. Yeah. <laughs> down. The fins oh, are down right oh, now. Oh, poor fins. Anyway, we're not going to go there. Yeah. What I was going to say, though, is 
I mean, it's funny because in you know a lot of religions they they fast, right? And people who don't maybe understand that religion will ask, why are they doing that? Why, what's the point of that? You know what I mean? And I think that really is why, mm-hmm. is because when you put yourself in a situation, it causes you that suffering to reflect or you know, and just to say, okay, there's a reason I'm doing this, and it makes it heightens your awareness and. You know, if you don't have to eat for a day or if you don't have to eat meat on Fridays, like, you know, on, you know for Lent and, or, or like Days of Atonement or something like that, you know, um, we just had with what, Yom Kippur, you know, that, that it's a cause for reflection and hmm. that self-sacrifice to where, you know, you'd be like, no, there's there's something bigger at play here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it causes you to stop and pause and say, no, I'm not just going to go through the routine thing today. Today is that day to do that. And reflect and you know focus on a deeper meaning to life. Absolutely. You know so and that that's why that's why religious do it. You know, but if, if whether people agree in the audience or not, you know that's that's another story. But um, that is the reasoning behind it. So mm-hmm. um, we're in ten years of this, and you just said one hundred and eighty something people paddling. I mean, has that been like progressively getting larger and larger every year? Where do you see this going? Like beyond yeah the ti- the timelines it was really fascinating uh because it's like you know 2017 we created piper's angels and we recreated the crossing and launched it and we had 34 paddlers and 10 boats and we raised around one hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars. and that the end of that year right i we started putting a board together a board of directors we you know and i told them i was like look i i don't know but I think that this thing could really get big fast. And, you know, for me at that time, you know, it was like, all right, I had a vision for what we wanted to create with Piper's Angels. But to do that, you know, it was like, I'm going to have to really make jump at some point, you know. And so th- at the tail end of that year, I said, okay, if we're going to go for this again next year and try to make this real the time and effort it's going to take, like I'm going to have to at least be part-time with the foundation. Like mm-hmm. this is going to have to become a part-time job for me to do this full-time essentially, right? Right. And so that was the beginning. And that was like the beginning really of Piper's Angels going into that that 2018 and the event jumped to 100 paddlers and around 50 boats. And it was like, I mean, so it tripled in size. Right. So the logistics and everything was becoming extremely complicated, you know, trying to keep this event safe, trying, you know, and I was grabbing everybody I could, every friend that I had, it was like, you know, it was like, yeah, (laughs) please. You know, you're, you know, my, one of my best friends, Sean Dunleavy, I'm like, dude, you are an airline pilot. Yeah. You communicate with a tower. I was like, we need a tower. We need a tower in the event, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he ended up becoming like the admiral of the fleet. But we, we really needed that. We needed that communication between the boats, the safety. And then so from 2018 to 2019, it doubled in size again from 100 paddlers to 209 paddlers off the beach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in three years, 34 to 209 participants. And the fundraising went from 133,017 to 675,000 in 19. And so, you know, you know, it was 365 days planning kind of the major production of the event while also then trying to build out the foundation and the programming, you know, which was, which was a challenge to pace them because it was like, this thing was the monster and then COVID hit in 2020. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and in a respira- respiratory disease community like CF, COVID was like, I mean, if if it was a concern for your average person, for yeah. somebody who's Nightmare got a suppressed scenario. immune oh system, gosh. it was like, these people already live in isolation. You know, right. Piper has had to wear a mask on a plane since she was diagnosed. So like all of a sudden, she was always the little girl people looked at and were like, what's wrong with her? Why is she on the plane with a mask on? You know, wow. she she's the sick one. And all of a sudden, everybody had a mask on. So for people in the CF community, it was a little bit of like um, redemption because (laughs) they were like the original social distancers, right? Right. The movie Six Feet Apart about cystic fibrosis came out before COVID. If you go back and watch that movie, right? The name of the movie is Six Feet Apart. Then we were all six feet apart. And that's how they lived their life. They're always lived in isolation because of the the cross-contamination issues. And um, so when COVID hit, you know, the Bahamas shut down. We couldn't do the event, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, it was a real, I didn't know if we were going to survive just in general, you know, as a foundation, right. you know, because it had gotten so big to keep it alive at that level required the infrastructure, you know, and our team had grown the whole found the board had grown, right? Jimmy Buffett joined the advisory board in 2019. Like everything had grown. And then it was like, boof. Yeah. And there was no event, nothing. And, uh, and, Luckily, you know, we we survived that year. We were able to plan for 2021, and that was kind of our rebuilding year um, from from the carryover because there were a lot of people who had registered for 2020. So some of them carried over to 2021. We lost about 100 registrations. So some people just, they, you know, t- situations, finances, whatever. And um, so since 2021, 2021, 22, 23, we've really been rebuilding. So to be back at uh, 182 paddlers is almost back to where we were in 2019. Now we always have an attrition rate. So we had 220 sign up this year. Right. And by the time we got to the day of the event, we were at 182 because either people, they move, they get, you know, military situations change. They, um, they get injured some, but you know, honestly, most of them have people not finishing. not finishing starting the paddle and having to just jump on the boat like i can't do it well that's a different story i mean we had 182 off the beach um you know every year it's different in terms of like the number of solo paddlers versus relay paddlers well the the reason the reason i asked that right just just so you know is just because i would imagine that given everything that you guys have discussed the difficulty of doing the event right um and growing into getting more paddles and paddlers and everything like that it's not an easy thing to do and you know speaks to me speaks to more of the effort and, and you know the bravado of, of getting it done um then it does going oh maybe it's not for everybody i'm not saying that you know what i mean but i admire the people that that are get it done but i would imagine that you know it's not a difficult thing to actually achieve every single time it's not like an autopilot thing like hey i'm gonna paddle yeah, you know? no, I, I think, um, you know, I've, this is, um, let's see. So this was, this was my seventh time doing the crossing and I, you cross every time I have. Yeah. And I've paddled. Really? Yeah. And I, I've finished it twice solo. Okay. The other times were all attempts on relay teams. And sometimes we finished as a relay. Sometimes, you know, we got thwarted by different things. And a couple times I attempted it solo and one time, like my back seized up at mile 23, like my okay. lower back and yeah. like an L5 thing. And I, 
I just literally could not physically paddle Tough, anymore like, yeah. and I had to just get in the boat, wow. you know, and that was a really, that was the first time that ever happened to me in that way. And it was a really hard decision. Like, right. so I, I can relate now to people when they do it and they have to get in the boat because what I try to relay to people is like, <clears throat> by the time we leave the beach, we've already, we've already created a huge success. Sure. Right. So the paddling oh, is like the gravy, yeah. yeah. but the paddling everybody's different. So like for one person paddling five miles in the open ocean, especially in the dark is a huge achievement. Most people have, for me. right. Most people have never paddled one mile in the open ocean. So it, for you really have to own it and it's, it, it's different and it's in how unique it is to you. And the interesting thing is you would think most people would say, okay, I did it. I'm done. I'm never doing that again. But what's blown me away is year after year people come back and do it again yeah. and they do it again and they'll do it maybe they'll do it on a relay team but they'll do it solo i mean we have one guy ryan burgess um he's done it four times solo he um you know we had another guy who had done it iron every single time josh Lamphere. and it's like you know we had a world champion stand-up paddler come paddle it this year say shell and uh, she crushed yeah. it she set a, a, a record in the in the course um but you know, everybody's different. And I mean, I have seen literally people who have never paddled and in six months, what's what's beautiful to me about the crossing from a waterman perspective is that that person who's never paddled, who has no like waterman experience, they're not even, a, they're not a fisherman, they're not a surfer, they're in six months to nine months, they are all of a sudden negotiating themselves in the ocean in yeah. a way that, you know, that millions of people in South Florida never even get to experience. We're right here and we're out there at 7 a.m. and the sun's coming up and there's five paddlers out there, right? And you're seeing, you know, leatherbacks and flying fish and things happening out there and you're negotiating swell and wind and current and, and you know, all of that compressed into that kind of pressure cooker of six, nine months a year. Somebody goes from being a total newbie to a, a, a sincerely intermediate level paddler or water person right mm -hmm. and that transformation in itself yeah, is beautiful cool. yeah. it's pretty cool to see yeah that's a re really great way to look at that and mm -hmm. like good perspective and good like thanks for shedding light on that fact i mean that, that that's pretty cool um you know and yeah, anybody can because, pick it up and just you know just stick with it thanks and after you know a couple of months all of a sudden it's just like and if you still have the drive you know you're gonna you're gonna get out there every other day and like he says, you know, before you know it, you're connected with the water. Uh, so like, you basically just segued me with the point I wanted to make. I mean, I can't think of a better connected by water scenario than this, right? And and this to be outside the whole fishing yeah, portion of right. it. Yeah, right. Well, well it I mean, is, but, and, uh, connected by water is is the community. Yeah, right. It, and absolutely. That, that is the it's basis. The that is the basis that we started our company on, right? And this is the basis that we started this show on is that it's all about community and how the water connects us, right? And, and that is basically defines the name of our company, right? Um, the way we say no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all connected by water, right? No, from Maui to Hurricane Ian to Hurricane Dorian to just you know, our CCA water cleanups and, and all the different ways, like even like our Starbright Do-Gooder thing that we announced on the other show, that is what it's all about. That is what touches us on the inside the most is the way our community can rally when they need to and the way and there is just something about we, we've said this on the show before i mean listen when you drive on the road you don't wave to every person that 
but what is it about being on the water that makes you wave to that next boat? Yeah. You know what I mean? There, there's just something about the vortex and the vibe and just the mindset that you put yourself into that brings, you know, crosses political barriers. And it's like, it, and all that, it just brings people together. And that magic, whatever that is, that vibe, whatever that is, is to us connected by water. On that it, note, yeah. can I thank Barney for calling me into the industry 20 years ago? Oh, how about 15, 20, somewhere in between? 100%. There you go. Because I did one boat trip for 10 weeks, and I hauled ass quick and never got my last paycheck. And I said, this thing's not for me in the marine industry. I was not the girl to be working as starting on vessels working. And sure enough, you guys are pretty persistent on coming and checking out, you know, the situation at Destiny and they were persistent. The mate was come talk to the captain, come talk to the captain. Cause they saw me working on Island one time and I had first time I left after my dad died, did a 10 week trip, hauled ass back and said, I'm never doing that again. Well, I worked for Barney for two years and he was my first full time captain captain. And that whole 10, 15, 17, 19, I don't know how many years it's been since it's been in the industry. So thank you. I love that. I wouldn't be sitting here today. You wouldn't know who I am if it wasn't for you. Oh, you're good, girl. You know. So I got you to blame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you think about it, it's all it's like a whole, and you guys meet uh, each other on your own, and, you know, it's kind of how the web is weaved sometimes, so. That's great. That's outstanding. I'm glad we're all still here. Dude, it's a- it's I'm a, glad we are alive, Barney, because <laughs> yeah. after half the shit we've done, I am definitely, definitely grateful. Oh, none of those stories now. Definitely yeah. grateful <laughs> that we now, are alive. Now, now we get to the adult part of the- Oh, uh, boy. No. <laughs> We'll talk about that at the bar after the show. Welcome, Carlene. Thanks. So, um, so, and Piper's Angels. I mean, what you've created here. I mean, come on, you know, amazing, amazing stuff. And I want to, you know, I want to thank you guys both for coming and sharing your time with me today, um, and telling your story. And Um, it it is a really important story. I want to thank you for coming and explaining it in terms that everybody can understand if that's fair to say because i was not knowledgeable about the you know cf before and the way you just described it yeah i'm I'm blown away by what you brought to the table today really thank you i mean yeah yeah to that point i mean i I am absolutely and i i want people to support your organization really and i want you know people just to support the cause in general and um you know I, i want you to know that you have uh, connected by water support in any way you deem it appropriate and necessary you just pick up the phone and make a call and you know we'll, we'll say yes whatever you need so and it's uh it's something that we want to be there for um with you so anything you need just let us know we'll um, definitely it's, hold it's our really babies important. a little closer tonight. yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and to your point about the being connected by water you know it's we most people forget you know we're all a part of the breathing community right right and so it's like you know being a little more intimately connected to how precious our breath is like how beautiful and simple it is to just breathe and to not breathe in pain and you know the the first time piper she was eight years old in the hospital she woke up in the middle of the night and she like looked at me and she had tears in her eyes she said daddy my lungs are burning and she had just tremendous pleuritic pain just in you know her lungs were so inflamed it was it was just and it's like you know we just take advantage we take for granted our breath 
you know, and, and how simple it is just to, just to, just to share in that. Right. And it's like, I feel that same connection to water. You know, it's an element that we all share. And so is air. So is the breath that we breathe. So it connects us all. So there's some, there's a beautiful symbiosis and synchronicity there that I appreciate and can see as, uh, what connects us on a deeper level. Yeah. Nice. Couldn't have said it better myself. Good stuff. Um, you're going to paddle next year. I am. Yeah. Yep. Signed up training. Yep. Carly, Nick, you ready? <laughs> no, no. All right. I'm, I'm gonna sure later on the. You know, I'll be yeah. there for you, Barn. <laughs> I'll be at the beach. I'll be Beautiful. at the beach. I'll hand the hammer to you. <laughs> um, but, I'll have cold medallions this time. I do, sorry. <laughs> I do want to do some of the training paddles with you. Get on the water with me. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. I do. I can't commit to for anything sure. yet, but I, I do want to do some of the training paddles with you 100%. Absolutely. For sure. You'll, um, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Travis, so. Take us through a little bit of how people can reach out. I mean, some of that good stuff. Yeah, the best way to engage is on social media. You know, our, our Facebook and Instagram, we post a lot of, we have a ton of training events, a lot of smaller fundraisers that the paddlers are hosting throughout the year. Uh, so that's the best place to, to connect and even communicate. Um, our website's pipersangels.org and, and Crossing4CF. And, you know, I would just say for anybody out there, there's, there's, I'm, whether somebody volunteers, captain, crew, or paddles, like everybody mm-hmm. who who is a part of this community, the crossing community is what's built Piper's Angels Foundation into one of the most impactful grassroots organizations in the country and growing into the world for families with CF. And it's this community that did it, right? Nothing else. Mm-hmm. This this is what built it. So being a part of that and it is is really it's it's such a gift for for me as Piper's dad, I try to tell people all the time, just remember like I, I, it's, it's amazing what Piper's angels has grown into, but like, I'm just Piper's dad. That's it. Right. That's how I relate to it. Right. It's like <laughs> right. I'm Piper's dad, you know? So like, I, I feel so much gratitude for this opportunity for the way people show up, you know? And, and there's, if there's two things that CF teaches us the most living with this disease. And, and really this is the opportunity we have with the foundation is to share with others what we, we learn from it is number one, how important it is just to show up. When you're in the hospital, the only thing that matters at that moment are the people who show up. And when you think about that, that really is all that matters is who you show up for, how you show up and who shows up for you. And the second thing is that adversity is is tough in life but what cf teaches us is that adversity is the starting line for courage that's where it begins you know so when you really when you really are up against something we all go through adversity it's like you can ask a thousand people in a room who here has never experienced life adversity nobody will raise their hand we all have a lot of adversity and that's the beginning that's really where life can truly begin and uh and it's so important so everybody who comes into the fold with this, I really just invite them to see that that's really it. You know, it's not always about the dollars. It's about the time, the energy and showing up. And that's what makes a difference. Show up. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say anything to follow that up. That's, I think we're going to have to leave that right there. That was impactful. That was good stuff. Thank you very much barney thank you appreciate it dennis Th- thank you for giving travis the effort and piper the effort um thank you for coming today 
and um and, and share your side of the story um travis i can't yeah. say enough about it um thank you very much um i want to thank papa's pillar rum you know for allowing us to create this podcast and have this show we're going to end this like we always do right your ego is not your amigo always do your best <laughs> always do your best and at the end of the day just let god do the rest and do not ever forget that no matter where we are no matter what we're doing we're all connected by water Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.